Hi, this is Stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening to... Insufferable Bastards. Great name for a podcast, morons. Thanks, John. Perfect, the this. perfectly fine... Insufferable Bastards. Uh, those of you that are into podcasts like to listen to that kind of stuff. Uh, hey. I mean, you know. hey, everybody... Welcome to Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger. And joining me for the first episode of 2022, Brian probably doesn't know that, but this is technically, once we release it, will be the first episode of 2022, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So today we're going to be talking about Cop Shop. Directed by Joe Carnahan, written by Joe Carnahan and a guy named Kurt McLeod. And apparently... First time screenwriter. Yeah, exactly. This is the first uh, screenplay he's gotten made. So uh, that's that's pretty cool because it does have a fresh feel to it. I got to say that. And we are fans. I mean, we're sort of we're we're sort of fans, (coughs) excuse me, of Joe Carnahan and Frank Grillo. I mean, at least they've done two movies that we've reviewed here on this podcast in the last, well, I guess it was last year, but within the last 12 months, Boss Level and now this. And I, I yes. guess we're sort of Frank Grillo fanboys because he also was tremendous. It was in Donnybrook. That's the movie you recommended and I finally watched, and oh, my God, totally different than this. But Frank Grillo, I just he's, watched he's him the man. In, I just watched him in Body Brokers and then Ida Red, Ida Red. And, yeah, I don't know. Frank Grillo might be my guy right now. He's good. Yeah, we're definitely Frank Grillo fanboys. Uh, but before we get to our sort of discussion of Cop Shop, Cop Shop, I just realized I, I wrote it wrong on my piece of paper here. I want to talk a second, Brian, about what our most downloaded insufferable bastards of 2021 were, now that we're here uh, in the start of the 2022. Number 10 was our Pig and Old Henry reviews from a couple of months back. Number yeah. number 9 was our discussion of a random Frank Stallone Frank Stallone documentary <laughs> I, I think on Amazon. But yeah, I, yes. I will note it's a documentary. I know there's there's a certain podcast of people out there that are really don't like documentaries, but I don't want to get into that. I don't want I don't want to get any nasty messages. But number eight was uh, the interview I did for my day job with Bob Elmore, the stuntman from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, which uh, also touched off a, a controversy on on YouTube where people told me to go jump in a lake, et cetera, et cetera. Number seven was our No Sudden Move review, the Steven Soderbergh HBO oh, wow. thing. Yeah, that was number seven. Number six was The Best and Worst of 2021, Part 2. That just aired uh, by the time this goes up. It was, uh, I guess, three weeks ago. Number five was a lone broadcast I did. Who is Lonnie and why is he in Halloween Kills? No no idea why. And, of course, a million people put on Facebook, I know who Lonnie is. Lonnie's Good. Good for you. Number four was The Best and Worst of 2021, Part 1. And that got a boost because you know, there were a bunch of other podcasts involved. We put a, yeah. a solicitation out there for people to send in their answers. And then we promptly pissed everybody off, which I do not regret. I just want to state for the record, I don't <laughs> regret that. I was accused of like, no, I'm doubling down. I don't regret that. Deal with it. All right. Uh, part, part two was, uh, was a drop. We're talking about movie tastes here, not like 
No, I get you that. Know, I'm, I'm in agreement, yeah. It's movie <laughs> taste, you fucking wackos. So, all right, that was that. Number three was Narcos Season 3 discussion, and then you had talked in that same episode about onset safety. That was really popular. Number two was our CT Horror Fest live stream, part two. We did two live streams that were later uploaded as podcasts, later uploaded as podcasts, and for okay. some reason... For some reason, that one, part two, did well. And that was the one where we were, like, watching people come in or something. It was totally random okay. and, and unscripted and, no, no, you know, no structure to it. It was just us blabbing. And our most listened to podcast of 2021, both on Libsyn and in our Facebook videos, right? Two different things, two different things. But okay. this was number one okay. in both. Because the, the Facebook list is vastly different. But was the Woodstock 99 doc, <laughs> documentary... Review was our most listened to episode. I I, it, I know it's not the most listened to on YouTube, but it was definitely the one that generated the most comments from people who like Limp Biscuit, which, which I now respect. I'm not going to say anything bad about Limp Biscuit because I've learned my lesson. God forbid you insult anybody. Say God forbid you say somebody doesn't have good taste in 2021. Jesus Christ. It's not insufferable bastards unless we chide Marvel fans and ask you what you're doing with your lives. So I just want to play a clip, Brian, that you had pointed out to me. It was Bill Burr on his, I guess it was his Monday morning podcast, but yeah. he did have Jim Gaffigan on. Usually it's him solo. But here's Bill Burr and Jim Gaffigan discussing the state of pop culture at the moment. <laughs> fucking the, some fucking show about a witch. What I, like, I, whenever they, everything was about vampires and Dracula, I just yeah. was like, I'm too old for now TV. Yeah. And then it just all became like these fucking superhero movies. How many fucking more can they do? Yeah. And they all have the same fucking storyline. Either something radioactive happened to you or you got fucked up as a kid. Or are you from another planet? Yeah. Society doesn't understand you. Oh, all this fucking, oh my God, it's the same fucking story over and over again. Over. And by the way, I guess by the time this releases, uh, the new Boba Fett show will be out, which I'm looking forward to. It's probably great. We'll I'm have looking a, forward to it, yes. Right, yeah, so we're total hypocrites on, on that regard. But I thought that was a pretty good summation of what we say badly every week here. All right, Cop Shop, man. So we're, we're, we're talking about Cop Shop. Shop, Like we said, it's directed by Joe Carnahan, written by Carnahan and Kurt McLeod. It stars, I'm going to say the, the star of it is Alexis Louder, right? I mean, yeah. there's bigger names in it, but really this, it, it, this took me by surprise. And she plays a rookie cop named Valerie Young. Louder went to the same UNC College of Arts and Architecture, like in Charlotte, that Danny McBride went to. There's like a whole. Oh wow! There's okay. this one so UNC. Art scene. Yeah, there's this one UNC. It's in the University of North Carolina uh, University system, and it's been turning out all these people who are uh, have really made a name for themselves. And I thought, like, just to say right off the bat, she is great in this movie, dude. Yeah, she's awesome. Like totally. I like again. Can I? I, I'm bringing it back to comic books. All these people that talk about these great superhero women. There was this great scene in Avengers. Uh, one of those ages of Ultron's killing Thanos things. It was like all of them just running down. They played it on all the commercials. All the, the women superheroes. They just beat it's you like, over the head with that. Yeah, mean, but like yeah. in this one movie, this chick does anything. Is so much cooler than any superhero like 
girl right now that you know that's out there like black widow who gives a shit this, <laughs> this is the, you know this, yeah. she was awesome she's so much cooler than any of those like sort of contrived she's, she's child a, characters like, for all those nerds nerds i'm one of them but for all those nerds she's snake plissken exactly yeah and that is a very good point this movie is very john carpenter-esque but i'll say Carpenter never really had a sense of humor. That's exactly, dude. That's my note. This is John Carpenter. This is every bad John Carpenter movie like thing kind of corrected. Like, you know, I don't like half of John Carpenter's movies, but this seems to like take some of the parts from, you know, where oh, I'm starting to get annoyed, and it puts it in this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, it's done very well. It reminds me of John Carpenter and Walter Hill. Both yeah. kind of guys can be uneven, but they have like great pulpy characters. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It plays like a Western. I mean, this is essentially yeah. it's, it's, and this has been said, but yeah, there's a lot of parallels to Assault on Precinct 13, which is either Rio Lobo or Rio Bravo. I, can, I, yeah. I don't remember what, but this is, this is essentially a Western. Uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, John Carpenter, there's not much humor in Assault on Precinct 13. <gasps> Uh, I mean, I love the thing, but yeah, there's not many moments of levity in it. And this movie seems to know it's 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 borrowing from that, but giving it giving it some some juice, giving it a little bit uh, of life. You know, when when John Carpenter tried to make humor, I know I know a lot of people love uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I, I am not one of those people. Did not make. I I just I can't stand that movie. I find it pretty contrived. But uh, this I liked. I mean. The plot, and I'm not going to go through the plot because the plot doesn't really matter. You know, this is not a movie. Oh, that's why it's fun. Yeah, this this is just sort of a, like Brian said, it is pulpy. A lot of people are saying it is sort of a 70s throwback. I, I agree with that in terms of, okay, you got Frank Grillo as a mob fixer, right? So he was the guy that just send in, hey, you want to bribe the DA? You send him. He's not necessarily a heavy. He's not a hitman, but he's sort of the the Michael Cohen to Donald Trump. Like that's what this guy is uh, to politicians and corrupt cops and 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 the mob. He sort of he 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 straddles all these different worlds. Not that any of that matters, but that's who he is. So the movie basically opens. He he deliberately punches out the uh, the young uh, rookie cop Valerie Young, played by Alex Louder, so he can be put in jail. He wants yes. to be put in jail because he's getting hunted down by, by uh, what's his name? Gerard Butler? Uh, Gerald Butler, yeah. Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, that's right, Gerard Butler, and he's Bob Vidic. He's a hitman who's been sent to kill Grillo because Grillo has turned state's evidence, essentially. Yes. Right, and there's a lot more to it, but you don't really need to know. So they both wind up in this sort of isolated, it's supposed to be a small, they keep... They bill it as a small town police department, yeah. but the thing looks like it's, it's from a twenty. Beautiful prison. It's look like they just sure. made it. No, it's it's not even yeah. a prison. It's just it's supposed not to a be prison. a prison. Yeah, yeah, like a, a, a holding cell. He's you know yeah. uh, Gerard Butler gets put in the drunk tank, which is across from. So you know Butler there's more glass in this than and than Die Hard. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's you great. Yeah, I mean? there's so much. <laughs> yeah, it's this very modern looking police department, but it's only staffed by like six people. So I mean, yeah, hey, there's a lot of dumb stuff, but like I just let all that. You can just let it go because it's such a fun movie. So basically, you know, it all takes place in this uh, a police department. Butler's in one cell, and right across from him is Grillo, and Butler wants to kill Grillo. And you're, the movie is about, well, how is Grillo, I mean, how is Butler going to get to Grillo? 
I mean, and that's basically it. I mean, the performance is that I was started to say why it reminded me of a 70s movie because like Charles Bronson and Mr. Majestic or any of those Charles Bronson movies we grew up with on the seven, in the 70s, not yeah. in the 80s once he started doing all those canon films where he became a clone, a parody of himself. But like you don't need to know anything about Grillo or Butler other than looking at them and yep. just the way they carry themselves. You get it all. Uh, Butler. They don't, need to, they don't need to say so many lines to get that through. You just know these people. Right, there's, the, there's no backstory to these guys, uh, and there is some controversy uh, about that, but, you know, they are these, I mean, it's a totally the, like the most macho movie I've seen in like 25 years, yeah. where it's just these, these cool dudes, although the, the, the uh, actress, Alex Lauder, Valerie Young, she's the white hat in this, you know, I don't, I mean, yeah, spoiler man, she, alert. She kicked, like, dude, she's Sigourney Weaver, it's, come on, man. Like, she, like, right. Yeah, she is. She's the John Wayne. She's John Wayne, yeah. but she's surrounded essentially by all these anti-heroes. Like they're not necessarily bad, bad guys, but you don't know. Like it's a movie that you don't know who the bad guy is for a while. Well, that's the other thing too. You could also like it's you're watching. All right, it's not in real time, but you're watching a moment in these people's lives. So we we don't know if they're good guys, bad guys. I mean, we know they're on that fringe. Yeah, it's they're criminals. They're, they're all yeah, criminals, they're criminals, but yeah. yeah, but we don't know. Like, you know, it's it, it it definitely like keeps you guessing. It gets it gets completely ridiculous at times. But uh, you know, I just I just really liked it. I was surprised how much uh, I liked it. I mean, just to set the scene, and I probably should have done this, but the movie's opening music is just incredible and i'll just play like i'll try to play 30 seconds of it hopefully we don't get a copy not that this is monetized not that we want to make a living doing podcast it's nope. just two guys talking to each other and that's why we give yep. unvarnished opinions sorry if that hurts people's feelings So that is the incredible Lalo Schifrin or Lalo Schifrin, right? He was the guy who did the theme for Mission Impossible. He did, I believe, Bullet. He did the first Dirty Harry. That is from Magnum Force. So that's how this movie opens. Like, it just blatantly says, hey, remember those movies they don't make anymore? They kind of considered outlaw now that you loved as a kid that are now being lost. You know, th these movies are, I mean, yes. Anthicumia, influential podcaster, radio, ex-radio guy, did a, a whole video that he uploaded to YouTube about how the French Connection isn't an action movie. And there's a lot of that going on. Like the Generation X and, and like people younger than us, we're Generation X. All those 70s crime movies, there's no lasers. There's no like, you know, they're all being lost. And this is sort of a, an homage to those movies because, yeah. I mean, eventually, I mean, there are some great set pieces uh, in there and then it, it sort of becomes but 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 it's not it's not the fast and the furious this is not the fast and the furious no but it's also like to me like there's an argument today now where oh i want a popcorn movie i want like this is the action movie that i would go like 
I think deserves a bigger format because it is, it's, it's a dumb movie, Mm. but I don't think it's trying to, you know, it's not trying to be a sequel or a franchise or a, uh, it's not being every other kind of like, I have a love hate relationship with Joe Carnahan himself. Right. Cause he also made NARC, which is, that is it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Am- yeah. Oh yeah. An amazing, amazing, amazing movie. That opening scene. I mean, duh, that whole run, um, amazing movie, but like he also made the A team and he's made those, that smoking aces movie, you know, like, yeah, which are I awful. think he can, and, and, and they're trying to be like, this is his vibe. And sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. This one hit for me. Like it just, and it might just be because of everything I'm surrounded by. What do you, you know? Mean? I'm like all the other, you know, bad movies out there. Like what I really don't want to watch. Like, so I'm, I'm seeking like a, a movie like this out more and I want to like it more. I mean, it's, it's damn good, but I mean, we could, poke holes through the whole day oh yeah thing. i mean there's parts of it but, yeah there's parts of it like you know where one character made it fun it literally was like you said this channel 11 pix or whatever wor tv saturday movie, afternoon movie it is literally that movie put it on on a rainy saturday and like at two o'clock have a cup of coffee a glass of soda a beer it is that movie like it is the perfect saturday like matinee and like, we're all like, Hey, where are they remaking ghostbusters or coming out with a new thing? A new, like, this is a movie that we should nostalgia wise all remember. Well, and it's I, just giving us new characters and new thinly veiled plots. One thing I wanted to read, there was a article that I shared, uh, like, well, at this it's at the end of December, uh, from, uh, Jacobin Magazine, I think it's called, or it's Jacob, I don't know how to say it. But anyway, the headline is Entertainment Monopolies or Zombifying Mass Culture. This movie is the opposite of that. And it says, today the hyper-commodified nature of mass culture has even found its way into common parlance. As writing and media have become, quote, content, unquote, movies and shows are now franchises and cultural artifacts of every kind are IP, intellectual property, not just to bureaucrats, investors, and corporate executives, but also to audiences, or rather consumers, themselves. And goddamn, if I haven't read a paragraph in like 10 years that hits the nail on the head, that is it, the way we've just willingly adopted and we, we we just like put that commercial and that marketing stuff and and just shoot it right into my veins that's how yeah. i get my head cop shop is not necessarily it's, that it's dumb it's goofy it feels both familiar and new at the same time yeah but i, I mean i can't say enough about gerard butler in this this is the guy like i mean i i know he was in uh, uh whatever the hell that the the the, the male nipple movie was whatever that was everyone's got the oh, six oh, 300 right? 300 yeah. right i watched that once i was like i'll never watch I'll, I'll never see that movie again and i know he's sort of become this like 
D-list uh, action star, but holy cow, he is good in this. And like, you know, yeah. it would be like back in the day, you know, like James Caan and Robbie du- Bobby Duvall in freaking The Killer Elite. Sam, that's what this yes. vibe is. It has that whole yes. vibe. And that's probably a good one because it's, it's, it's as goofy as The Killer Elite. Yes, it's the mechanic. Right? You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, right. these type of, you've seen this before, but instead of remaking the mechanic or, or, the James Conn movie, it's like, no, it's just, they're, they're kind of stealing from it. You know what I mean? And it's no better, no worse. And again, you know, it's got some very good, even all the background characters, they're kind of like old, like Sam Peckinpah background characters, you know, like they're all like drunk and sleazy. There's two fat guys. Yeah. They're like miserable. They don't, they, they look terrible. Like they don't want to be in their uniforms. I mean, it's got right. It was the dude from the wire, right? It was the guy. Wasn't that the guy who was in, uh, it was Cuddy. Yeah, it was totally Cuddy. Right? Yeah, and the Walking Dead for everyone else, uh, whoever he was on the Walking Dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who he was on the Walking Dead either, but he's in it and he's great. Uh, but then I mean, like, all right. So you got like this whole, you know, cat and mouse. I guess for lack of a better word, it's a contained, uh, uh, not set, but the you know the, the the location is very contained, tightly contained to this one building and what happens between these two people in a cell. Uh, but then at some point. That dude, I guess his name is, we all know him, but I didn't even know his name. Toby? Toby Huss. Yeah. As Anthony Lamb shows up. And he is essentially, this movie also has parallels to uh, Midnight Run, where you have in this Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler is essentially Robert De Niro. Grillo is Charles Grodin to a certain extent, although they don't go on. But like he's the same type. He's a guy who's, you know, who's turned against the mob. And then you have that. Remember the the, the third bounty hunter from John Midnight. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton. Yeah, yeah. So that was his, what his name is, and that's essentially Toby Huss. He is a he is a killer who shows up to claim the bounty on Frank Grillo's head, much to the anger of Gerard Butler, who's locked yes. up. And he is one of the greatest and funniest like movie psychos we've had in a long time. He played Anthony Lamb. His name is, and I think I even. Pull the clip. And he is, I guess, Brian, what is he best known for? I know he was in that Halt and Catch Fire he was really good in. Listen, he was on, I think, Reno 911. Uh, Reno 911. Isn't that a comedy show? He was one of the guys that they would always like. Uh, I think he was one of the people in the background that when they, the cops would show up. He, uh, oh man, he's in everything. That's the problem. He's in everything. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me look it up right guys, now. Bad guys. Yeah. He's definitely in a bunch of comedies. Uh, so he I has, even, he, I mean, he was in Glow. That's right. He, West Western movie. He always plays a Texan, a Texan guy. He was in Halloween. He played Ray in Halloween. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the 2018 Halloween. No, but we couldn't, we could never, he was been on Brooklyn nine, nine. I don't know what he's best known for though. Uh, in the Valley of Violence. He, he was in. Yeah, see, I liked uh, him in that Hulk Catch Fire. He was really good in he that. He was really good in that. Uh, so so anyway, that guy shows up, and he's just like this unexpected. As much as the hero sort of of this movie is like a young African-American rookie cop, the psycho that, that it's this you know skinny Texan old guy uh, is very effective. But here, I, th- I think I pulled the clip. Let me see this. Fucking uncanny. Now, what are the odds? Oh, hold on there, buddy. Hold steady now. Ooh, the boats are rocking. 
Oh, I'd love to know what's going through your mind. So that's a- after Anthony Lamb uh, shoots a guy in the head and then talks to yeah. him as the guy stumbles off dying. Very dark, uh, darkly humorous, and, and and pretty creepy. So he is awesome. He's sort of the, you know, because it's like this, it, you know, it also it's, well, it, it like, throws back the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's, you know what I mean? It's like, who are you rooting for well, here? They're all bad. And also it just breaks up because literally it is how, you know, it's a very simple plot. You know what I mean? They, the, the two bad guys, the two number two, one and two have to get into a fight somehow. Something has to be resolved. So it just adds actually, dude, there's a million subplots to this movie that some of them don't get really resolved. Some are just like, what the hell? You know right. what I mean? The whole, yeah. there's a lot of like things thrown out there. The, the last, it, the last 15 minutes, the, movie is. the last 15 minutes are batshit crazy. And I'm sure it'll, it'll turn a lot of people off. The people that will listen to us. Well, one or two people who listen to our podcast will hear us rave about this and then watch it and be like, what? Just be prepared. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta go in uh, with your expectations low because it gets crazy at the end. But, I, you know, I don't know. If you liked all those movies that we mentioned, the Mr. Majestics and the Killer Elites uh, back in the day, and even like Enter the Ninja a little bit later on, and, and, and uh, Assault on Precinct 13, uh, yeah, you know, you, it's, you gotta it's like this. Every Walter Hill movie and every John Carpenter movie put together. Right. With, with, a, with a, just a lighter touch. And I mean, and like Joe Carnahan. And, and for those idiots that like it, it's got some Streets of Fire. So, you know, those, those you know, <laughs> it does. Like it's yeah. got everything. It's very macho. And like, uh, I'm reading some of the reviews. People, and this is like, we even did this like in the early days of our podcast where it's like every movie that came after Pulp Fiction if it's a crime movie and it's a little irreverent and tries for humor or tries for a different type of storytelling, it gets compared, you know, it's a Tarantino ripoff. And to this day, critics will be like, oh, he's stuck in 1997. Like a lot of the reviews are like that. They're just like, oh, this is a Tarantino uh, light and blah, blah, blah. And I think at this point with boss level in this, Carnahan has set into, him and Grillo specifically, because I guess they have a production company together. They have yeah. settled into this great relationship where it's like, yeah, I want to see, like, what are they doing next? Sort of like yes. I felt with, like, uh, with Dallas Sonye for a while when he was doing yeah. Brawl and Cell Block, Block 99, Dragged Across Concrete, Bone Tomahawk. This is a, a similar vein, albeit... Not as obnoxious and not as self-important as some of those yes. those Dallas movies, but yeah, I, I recommend this movie. You know, I recommend it highly. Yeah, I you're mean, not going to add to that. Movie, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I, I, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the movie to me is a is a must see because it's just fun, dumb. This is a perfect Saturday afternoon movie. Um, and you know yeah, what I want to um, ask you though, like, because you brought it up, and maybe, well, maybe this is another episode. I don't know. But uh, you mentioned Walter Hill a bunch of times, and I did go and watch. Yeah. You know what? We shouldn't even mention it. I'll just mention it quickly. All right. the, the whole, what was it called? Is it called, what's the name of that show? Do you know? Is on it Netflix? Voya? Voya? Voyeur? I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's, I want to say voyeur. noir, but it's not. But uh, is it voyeur? Or noir? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I thought it was voy- like voyeur. I love noir. Judge Dredd. Oh, I absolutely love Judge Dredd. But anyway, there's one, uh, there's an audio essay on 48 Hours from uh, an Asian dude who goes through how important that movie was to him as a kid watching a minority guy and how it, it, 48 Hours is the, is like the perfect take uh, on, on, on race in America. And it was like, wow, like I always loved 48 Hours. 
Uh, I always thought like, yeah, what happened to that? What happened to the Eddie Murphy of 48 hours? That's sort of dangerous yes. and dangerously oh funny. God, yeah. uh, that was in trading places and, and, and I just 48, hours. 48 hours again because of that. It's really, yeah, it's really a great, great movie, but this guy's take on it is just, it's just really good. So I highly recommend watching that. And thank you, Brian, for, uh, for pointing that out. It's only 15 it's minutes. Last episode of that. That's, uh, it's the last episode oh, of the, the whole series. Yeah. And uh, so wait, the, the, the other thing we were going to do, Brian, now that we've given. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. Yeah. So, push. I mean, I thought Cop Shop, good movie, but it's it's goofy as hell. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a goofy movie. It's not. Yeah, it's not it's Serpico. Not. It's not. It's not the French Connection because it's sort of like it's, it's like a coked up it's version no Marathon, of that. Man. Huh? It's no. not. What, I didn't hear what you said. No marathon, man. It's no marathon. It's not marathon. Yeah, unless it was drunk. Like it's like the it's like the the, the drunken fighter of, of those things. But uh, so I had asked Brian. I thought if we needed to kill time here, of course we blabbed on forever. Like if you liked, what would we recommend to people? Like if you liked Cop Shop, here are maybe one, two, three other sort of goofy crime movies. That you may like. I also think, like, I don't know. I don't think everyone's going to like Cop Shop. I think there's a lot of people who are just going to be sort of turned off by it. I know our, our, a recent guest of ours, Shane. He liked he it, liked right? This movie. Yeah, That's he good. liked it. So, But before, I'm going to ask you, Brian, really but good. I just want to, I do have like a, a quick clip of Teddy and Bob. Teddy being Frank Grillo and Bob being Gerard Butler. And they're sort of exchange. They're sort of tete-a-tete. Is that a word? I don't even this know. This is a I... really mean movie too. I just forgot about that. There's a yeah. lot. Of, there's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of shooting. A lot there's of a lot of shooting. But you know, the girl who has a family. There's a <laughs> lot of like stuff in this. Well, it's also one of the things that's sort of like, wait a second, what? Like, I don't want to spoil it, but all right, here, here's a little sample of the dialogue. You want to live? That'd be nice. Right. You still think that's possible because you haven't been paying attention. So you try to buy your way out. Well, let's make a deal, man. I got a lot of money. You mean the money you stole from them? What we fail to understand, Teddy, is it's not about the money anymore. There's no play here, Teddy, no deal to be made. It's a simple choice. It's never simple. Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> it's never simple. Are you a fucking idiot? So anyway, yeah. Gerard Butler, man. I'm going to start watching his movies, I guess. I'll go back and watch uh, White House Down, whatever the hell it's called. But all right, Brian, did you... This is a pulpy movie he did. What'd you say? Den of Thieves. It seems to be everyone that loves the town loves that one. Does it it take place in Boston? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Why do they love the town? I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, because it's like uh, robbery guys. Oh, it's like a heist. It's a heist. heist Okay. Yeah, sorry. Heist. I couldn't think of the word. All right. So what did you recommend? What other did you rec? Could you think of any goofy ass? Well, like I was trying to. All right. Well, this is the one I was like, all right, it's not goofy and it's not a movie. What? But it really... All right, well, let me finish what I'm saying. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it really reminds me of Justified. Because Justified oh, yeah. is like pulpy, westerny, but in this modern age, and more importantly, it's got these bigger than real-life characters. And I really find that, uh, like, Cop Shop, that's what it is, man. These are just... 
these are comic book cartoon characters or characters. Yeah. And it, you know, it's very much like Snake Plissken and Jack Burton in a movie together. If, you know, you want to bring it back to John Carpenter, it's very much those type and justified always had that. Like I, I think justified. I watch that all the time, <laughs> all the time. I think that it's like one of the greatest shows to put on. Like when, you know, like, Hey, it's like that and Veep I put on like almost every week. I'm going to start watching um, that again, Veep. But like, they're just fun. And at moments, they're dumb. And they got good characters. And I, I guess I could get, I could give up. I don't really need a lot of busy plot if the characters drag me along. Right, there is. I, I, I get what you're saying because in Justified, like, cop shop there are some larger than life characters and that's not really a good description but yeah you you can just kind of hang with the it doesn't really matter like all right they're drugged all right this guy wants to kill this guy like all right he stole money it doesn't really matter who he stole money or how he stole money none of that matters like yeah so i i get what you're saying that's actually a good one all right cool and then i also thought again i couldn't pick a movie um but like and and these two movies are way better than cop shop but I could see uh, like an earnest effort, like the early Coen brothers, like a blood simpler, or even like a raising oh, yeah. Arizona, like, like raising Arizona is funnier, like way funnier. Straight and, ahead like, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but there is elements to that. Like again, and I think again, I have, I'm, I'm picking movies that have these big, bigger than life, grandiose characters you know, almost stereotypical. These are like characters of characters. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, and I guess like one of the things, and you have one more to give. Do you have another to give? We can come back to it in one second. Not really. I mean, it could be, yeah, you go. Well, no, I was just going to say there is a controversy, controversy with Cop Shop because Frank Grillo put a whole thing on uh, Twitter when it came out saying that, you know, some critics are, are, are giving him a hard time saying he's terrible in the movie and his performance is terrible. And he's like, look, they cut out, they, they edited out all my stuff. They took the movie from the director or at least whatever. I don't know if that's actually accurate. He said it wasn't Joe Carnahan that did the editing, but somebody, yeah. there was a whole other movie out there. And this wasn't Joe Carnahan's official cut. Right. He so apparently there world, is a legit, yeah. there's a legit director's cut out there, which I would love to see. And I sort yes. of, you watch, if you watch the movie with that in mind, yeah, I mean, it works for me because, I mean, Frank Grillo is just, he, you know, he's the character and he's got a man bun, right? I mean, that's, yeah. and it's referenced. So he's got a man bun. You don't necessarily, he's good. But it's just like you're saying. It's just he's just you know who he is just by looking at him. But yeah. apparently there was a he's lot more. Charles Bronson, right? Yeah, all right. I mean, Charles I Bronson it, and Lee they... Marvin. Like it's just like yeah. oh, you don't need to know all these guys' background. Uh, yeah, it is definitely it definitely has that vibe. Yeah, like we said, Jimmy Conn, Robert Duvall, all that kind yeah, of. Yeah, like he's a '70s tough guy. Um, also, like it's just got, hey man, he doesn't take shit you know from anyone. That's all. Like this whole like these are just mo- the whole movie. Also. If you don't like the movie, who gives a shit? I mean, like it's one of the, if you like the movie, it's you're gonna have fun. I don't understand how you couldn't just have like to me it's a total joyride, you know. And and that chick kicks ass. Mm. She's so I never talk, dude. That chick is so hot. <laughs> like, and I don't, and I'm not like trying to be dirty. It's just she's hot because it's like she's like a. Which is you completely know, capable. She's, she's yeah, like she is completely capable. Yeah, like and that's the whole thing where, and oh god, she's like yeah, it's such a good take on the on on the John Wayne, 
you know, because she's wounded for half the movie. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's really and good. Listen, also, like, that's a really good, it's, it's such a good. It's probably not popular to say this in this day and age, but this is a great gun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about uh, Old Henry. This is another one. I right? I know nothing about guns. I know the only thing I know about guns are when I watch them in movies. Right. And this just has cool gun crap in it. That is like Uzis, I think. Yeah, 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 like it's 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 so nutty. But this is like instead of making a Rambo movie, watch this. Right. Or instead of like, yeah, there is a it's action, but it's not action. You know, it's not it's not Fast and the Furious action. There's no there's no it's not John Wick action, which I think we've just seen too much of. Yeah. But it is, yeah. yeah. It's like an old middle-aged man trying to uh, mow down a young cop with an Uzi-type gun, and he's firing at a uh, a glass, a bulletproof glass. And he's, it's just, it's really good. There's a lot, and she, uh, it's really good. There's some great action set pieces in this. Uh, yeah, there really are. And yeah, it's just, it's just old-fashioned gunplay like you'd see in the old westerns and stuff like that. Uh, but did and you have I a third really one? Do- well, my whole thing is it is literally just John Carpenter. It is yeah. a John Carpenter movie. Just listen, I like some, but it's those bad John Carpenter movies. It's the wor- It's a bad John Carpenter's movie done really well. All right. So I'm going to say, all right, you know what? I only have two. I'm not going to mention my first one. Cause I don't know what I was thinking when I, when I wrote it. I mean, it has a mean oh, street. That's probably the good one. Well, I said the evil that men do, but only cause I want to watch it again. Okay, yeah. and I just thought that was one. It, Evil that men do. With Charles Bronson has some like random, disturbing violence, and so does yeah. this. Like just a yeah. random torture. All of a sudden, you're like, "What the hell's going on? This is, this is a little too much." Wait, this is the hero. Uh, and the same thing, you know, that was Bronson in that movie. Then I thought Thunderbolt and Lightfoot with uh, God, I, you know, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I don't know why. I, I thought I was no, 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 because I. It reminds me because that's the perfect '70s movie. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like now that I'm thinking about it, it's Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges. This, well, I mean, it's a sort of a road movie, but then you have like the killer. What you got? Jeffrey Jeffrey Rush is in that, right? Yeah. And George Kennedy. George Kennedy is the yeah. heavy. Uh, there are parallels, and it's just like I, I love. I mean, Thunderbolt Lightfoot was one of those Clint Eastwood movies that at least that I saw. It's like you see Dirty Harry, right? Dirty, you know, Clint Eastwood's the biggest badass ever, and you see all the spaghetti westerns, and dude's the biggest badass ever. And then you see Thunderbolt Lightfoot, and it's sort of this hippie-ish, weird yeah. relationship where it's not a traditional action movie in any way. It's nothing like it doesn't. It didn't prepare me as like when I was nine years old after consuming all those earlier Eastwood movies. I hated Thunder. I could. I could never. I never understood what was going on. You invest in the character, but it's you like really invest in who he is in the movie. And this is a relationship between. I mean, I guess it's yes. and it's just goofy. I get. I think I just recommended it because Light Cop Shop. It is really goofy. It's a, it's a goofy crime movie, but not, not laugh out loud funny, but just weird and awkward. So, uh, and then the last one, it's not, a, I've already mentioned it, but Brawl and Cell Block 99. I thought that was another recent one that has the yeah. same co- sort of uh, darkly funny, uh, doesn't really care if you like it or not vibe to yeah. it, and definitely a throwback. So, anyway, goddamn, I'm winded after all that. And we don't edit these. Fuck all that. And you know he has uh, Joe Carnahan is on his uh, on his IMDb or Wicked one of those things I looked up earlier. He's got a James Elroy book that he's been trying to get made for years. 
Oh, wow. Could it be white lightning or something like that? Or There is definitely a white one. White jazz. White jazz. Is Maybe that's what it is. That Maybe is, he's trying to get that made. I was obsessed for a couple of years there. Well, I guess it was right after L.A. Confidential came out in 1997. I started buying all the James Elroy books. And uh, White Jazz is, is is an L.A. crime one, but it's written in stream of consciousness. And I, I couldn't – I'm too dumb. I couldn't make okay. – I have no idea what that, that it's I don't about. Know, like, it's definitely one of his books, but I want to say it's that one because I don't think that's ever been, like, attempted yet. No. Or I think it's been, like, tried. That would be interesting. Um, and, I mean, and he reminds me, I only know James Elroy through you. And Cop Shop has that, like, it's that pitter patter that. Uh, it is the, I mean, def- that, it definitely has the and, old and time, kind of like mach- unapologetically, yeah. right? It's unapolog- uh, unapologetically macho. And they're yeah. firing shotguns, and it's just like L.A. Confidential. I mean, if you watch the end of you know L.A. Confidential, where it's yeah. Russell Crowe and and what's his name, Guy Pierce in that in that last shootout. That's yeah. Th- yeah that movie is the. It's hard. I mean, James Elroy is such a weird one because he's 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 writing these novels that are so good, and the movie adaptions are even worse than the eighty Stephen are King worse, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And no one has seemed. Excuse me. To That'd be get, a really good episode. To get yeah, what the James Elroy adaptions? Yeah. Because they're, I always say there's no. I just watched it the other night. I watched uh, Dark Dark uh, Blue. No, no, no. Uh, L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential. Yeah, it's been on a lot it's lately. Just, that's just such a freaking great movie, and it, it, that the genre, that era, it's never been done as well since then. Yeah, it is strange that somehow that one came along and captured a, like the the essence of a James Elroy novel. Uh, I don't, and they I don't, made like TV shows. Right. I, if you go on and look that up, Brown's Requiem, on, like I an IMDb, there's like been six or seven that they've tried to get made that at least went to pilots with like, you know, TV actors in those parts. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, didn't, uh, what's his name, Frank Darabont try one? I don't know. After well, the Walking Dead, another one, like else. a mob one. He got okay. it on, but like there was literally L.A. Confidential. This guy is Bud White. I forget who. You know, if you look it up, it's hilarious. But it'd be it'd be worthwhile talking because, like you said, there's really bad adaptations. I mean, L.A. Confidential. When you think about it, it's so bizarre that that worked because Russell Crowe yeah. was essentially a nobody to American audiences. Yep. Guy Pearce, well, they're was all a, nobodies, right? Yeah, I mean, Kevin Spacey was so Kevin Spacey was like the biggest yeah. name in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the fact that, I mean, also, like, I mean, like, you know, Russell Crowe in, in the book, his character is like, you know, is like uh, freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like it's this, this yes. massive, dumb cop. And the whole thing is he gets a brain by the end of it. That's why he's just the, but so he doesn't seem like he should nail that part. And it was like, I remember at the end of that movie, I was like, oh my God, that guy's going to be a freaking movie star. Then yeah. it lasted for like seven years, I guess. <laughs> Because now it's like Russell Crowe's and everything. Now he's in that movie that, that uh, whatever that was. Hey man, I love Russell Crowe more and more because every day more and more I look like Russell Crowe now. So like I was never going to look, I never looked like him when he was Gladiator or in Romper Stomper. But like, you know, now I look like him now. I look like one of the fat ladies from uh, Total Recall at this point. I'm turning <laughs> into a, I'm turning into a 60 year old woman somehow. But all right, I guess that's that. Uh, we talked about that 48 hours thing. There was something else I want to talk about, but I don't remember. But we should probably shut up and just call it a day. What do you think, Brian? A sure thing. Oh no, I gotta find our. Damn it! I thought you would say more than that. I always do that. I screw oh. that up. All right. So for uh, Carlos Danger. 
Wait, no, I'm Carlos Danger, and that's Brian yeah, Spears. And I'm Brian. This was the Mobile Horror Companion. No, this was Insufferable oh, Bastards. Shit, I'm not going to edit that out. Insufferable <laughs> Bastards. What are you still doing Happy here, New old man? Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. I'm going to fuck you up. go upstairs and see if my wife has served me with divorce papers yet. 